On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, who is considered untouchable on this Thunder team? And will the Thunder make a massive move on the trade market for some big name star? We'll talk about that coming up on the Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Text the show, 405-963-3686. On today's show, we're diving into the untouchable players on this Thunder roster. Will the Thunder go make a massive trade, and we're going to look ahead to next season as well. So a lot to get into today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcast from. Leave a like, leave a comment, and again, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. So who would be considered untouchable on this Thunder roster? The Thunder, of course, last year, made a massive leap in wins, you know, 16 plus, uh, were able to secure a 40 and 42 record, make a play in appearance at the play in tournament, win a play in game even, and eventually fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And yet they still have not seen this core play together. This is a team that, that after that massive leap in wins, after coming up just shy of being a playoff team, this is a team that's now adding Chet Holmgren their lone top five pick of this rebuild. The only one that was picked in the top five on this roster is Chet Holmgren. They're going to have Cason Wallace, who's a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. And when you look at Sam Presti's draft history, he doesn't miss that high in the draft. Like all of his misses, all of the picks that you can kind of uh, go back and forth about or outright say were bad picks were shots in the dark, so to say, were, 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 picks taken later on in the draft. So you got to feel good about Sam Presti giving Cason Wallace that stamp of approval. And then you're also bringing in a two-time EuroLeague MVP and champion Vasily Micic. Oh yeah, the Thunder also still have a ton of draft capital. And so fans and even national media, they've been kind of antsy and, and just itching to see the Thunder pull off some huge move hit that accelerator button, and just go all in on this team. And yet, we still don't know what exactly this team is. You have a head coach who has not coached in a playoff series yet, but seemingly is one of the best coaches in the NBA. I really do think that he is a, a top-notch coach, and, and you're not going to be able to, to see him get crowned as such until... He plays and coaches in the playoffs. That's that's just how we do things in the NBA. But I've been saying on this very podcast since a month into the job for Mark that he's the best coach in Thunder history and a really good NBA coach. So I, I still feel confident in him, but he has not yet coached in a playoff environment. So that, that's, that's number one. Number two, uh, these players have not played in a playoff environment uh, 
in the sense of elongated series where you're making adjustments, where you're making counter punches. E even a guy like SGA who has played with the Clippers and has played with the Thunder in playoff settings, this version of SGA has not played in the playoffs. Lou Dort has played in the playoffs and, and had that massive game seven, but that was in the bubble and it wasn't a true like going on the road, facing hostile environments and uh, all that is uh, to do about the NBA playoffs. So this team not only literally has not played together, but they also have not experienced uh, a ton of things together on an NBA floor yet. So that's going to factor into this too. So patience is going to be key, but I understand the, the antsiness from fans and national media for the thunder to go make a move. And so when you're talking about making these all in moves though, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You, you to, in order to land a Giannis type of player or, or, an, or an elite level player, you have to give to get. And so who are the untouchable names on this thunder team? I think that there's one untouchable name that's just undisputed, and that's SGA. I think that SGA is a bona fide superstar uh, that you would not trade him unless he demands a trade out. And there is no gotcha player. Like when, whenever you talk about untouchable players, everyone tries to do the whole gotcha thing. Like, well, what if, and this was like a couple of years ago, obviously, and even to this day still, but especially a couple of years ago, well, what if they offer you LeBron? Like, okay, they're not going to do that, number one, but there is no gotcha player for SGA. SGA is one of the best players in the NBA and is on par with a lot of the guys who you would use as a gotcha card for SGA. And you, you have to have a guy of your franchise and, and, and the face of your franchise is SGA. And so he's untouchable. Unless he says he wants to leave, he's untouchable. And so there are only a few more names who could even be considered for this untouchable label. And to me, the only names you'd even consider are Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, and J-Dub. Those are the only ones you consider maybe they could reach untouchable status. Everyone else on this roster, without a shadow of a doubt, has a price that that, that would get them off of this team, including a fan favorites that we all love and, and want to stay in Oklahoma City for a long time, but there is a price. And, and as much as the Thunder even love Lou Dort, there, there would be a price that, that a team could pay to acquire Lou Dort. But this is the NBA, and we see player movement all the time. We see unexpected player movement all the time. And we've gotten to a point where Giannis is literally soft launching a trade request, just, just hinting, oh, you know, if we don't win, I'm going to request a trade. He is previewing his trade request. It's going to happen. You, can, you do not talk about a trade request this much and then not do it. It's going to happen eventually. Giannis will hit the open market. And so that changes things. There's another aspect of this too. If, if you were, there's two extremes to this question. There's an extreme that's like, oh, nobody's untouchable, or maybe Shea's untouchable, so like zero to one. And then there's the extreme where all four, all 15 guys are, are untouchable. The players on this team, on paper right now, it looks like the Thunder will have one of the best young cores in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, if they all progress and hit their ceilings the way that we uh, can envision right now. But the bottom line is, progression is not linear, and that these guys, likely all four of them will not hit their top-tier ceilings. So likely somebody will not progress to the level or to the extent that you think that they will. So we have to keep that in mind, too, when talking about trades and talking about what this core is. Now, hopefully they all four do it, and, and they buck the trend, and they, they are the anomaly of a core that all plays together, plays off of each other very well, and grows together. And I think that they can be that because I think that this Thunder team highlights each other's strengths extremely well. 
This is not just a collection of talented players. This is a collection of talented players who fit together. And that is going to be the leg up that this Thunder team has over other uh, rebuilds and over other teams who have tried to piece together massive cores. The benefit here is the Thunder have done a great job of finding out guys who will work together. But whenever you say untouchable, to me, untouchable is there is no combination of assets. There is no player who you would give said player up for. And so the only player to me that there's no combination of things that could happen short of them demanding a trade for you to trade them in their prime on this team would be SGA. Like you're not going to trade SGA. There is something to be said for a small market team to have their guy, number one. There's also, he, he is one of the best players in the, in the world right now, and he's an all-NBA type of player, and he's going to to continue to evolve and, and grow and get more recognition for that. And as even Zach Lowe, one of the most respected people in the NBA, called SGA a blue-chip uh, guy, and he is just that. So like, there's you're going to want to keep your guy. Short of SGA demanding a trade, you're going to want to keep him. He's untouchable. But other than SGA... I do not think that there's another untouchable name on this list. There's just other circumstances that make it extremely unlikely that you would move on from anyone else of that core four. And we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at FanDuel, folks. FanDuel is incredible. You're going to want to check them out today because football season is underway. That's right. It's football season already, and you can be betting on every weekend of football at FanDuel. It is the official... Uh, sportsbook of Locked On and the NFL. And new customers right now can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. You can check it out and you can go there. It's super easy to bet on a wide range of options, including point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit them right now, fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on. It will get you started today to bet on NFL football, which we all know you're going to want to do on a Sunday. The lines are already out for next week, so you can go bet on that, including Thursday night's game, the Giants and the 49ers. Let's take Giants plus 10 on that on the road, trying to pull off the upset. I think that they'll keep it within 10, but 49ers eventually win. Check it out today at fandle.com slash locked on, fandle.com slash locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, I said earlier that SGA is the only untouchable player on this Thunder team. That does not mean that the other three players of this core are going to be traded away or that anyone else is going to be traded away. Will the Thunder make a massive trade for a superstar? That is the question that... Every single one of you ask in every single mailbag that we do on this podcast. And that's going to be a question asked for every single star that hits the open market because the Thunder have such an elongated window of assets that allow them to uh, be in the conversation for any disgruntled star that comes on the market. The Thunder having patience is important. And no matter if the Thunder do or don't, make a move for a star, they're going to have patience for a multitude of reasons. But if you don't want to buy into needing to wait and see what this team is or giving this team time to grow, if, you, if you're if you someone who truly thinks that despite this team never playing a single minute together, they should be all in on this call already and they should be making moves uh, to win now. If that's your opinion, that's fine. But let's also take this into account. That patience is key and also who you can attract. 
Look at this summer. The summer started out with a bang of, of Bradley Beal finally once out of Washington. Dame finally once out of Portland. Joel Embiid hinted at a trade request. James Harden outright makes a trade request. But then as you waited and as you kind of sat there and stayed put, then we're hearing whispers of Giannis wanting a trade. So you can see that as we progress down the line of, of, of this kind of era of NBA basketball, the names are going to keep ratcheting up. The names are going to keep getting bigger and better. And you want to have your assets to make a move for a Giannis type of player. And to give you a parallel of, of, of a team that did not wait and did not uh, have this patience was the Minnesota Timberwolves. For, for a long time, they were a bad franchise. They got their their taste of success and they wanted to capitalize on it immediately without letting that young core grow together. And they went and they went all in on Rudy Gobert and now they're stuck. And now they don't have those assets to go make another move. Now they're wondering, sitting here wondering how Rudy Gobert is going to work with Kat and if that duo could even work together and how they're going to move off of one of those two guys. And they might be forced to move on from the better of those two guys. So the Timberwolves had no patience, and you saw how that worked out for them. And the Thunder have had a lot of patience, and that now they're going to have their litter of options if they ever do want to go make a big move to go make said big move. But will the Thunder ever trade for a super-duper star? I think that the term significant move is very subjective, and, and it's kind of up to you to decide. As of this moment, I'm not convinced the Thunder are ever going to go make a Giannis-like trade. As of this moment, I think that the Thunder could possibly trade for someone the level of like Cam Johnson, could possibly trade for someone like Michael Bridges, someone to kind of shore up the starting five, and you sacrifice a tiny bit of depth, and you give away picks to get the likes of a Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges, someone of that tier, but never ultimately making a Giannis type of splash. This team might be good enough to just tie up those loose ends, to just plug and play some some different holes that might pop up and keep this core together. This team can progress and be good enough to where a superstar is not needed. But the bottom line is, it's impossible to know right now. And so for all the trade chatter that you're going to see on social media and even from the national media, there's just no way to know for, for certain what fits with this team. The Thunder truly believe that Chet Holmgren's the center. They believe in J-Dub playing the four. They believe in positionless basketball. We've got to see this Thunder team play in a playoff series, at least one. Because we all know that in the playoffs, some guys rise to the occasion, some guys fall. Teams now zero in on you game to game, and you could have a seven-game series where you're making adjustments night to night, and it just throws your team off kilter. We don't know how this team will react in that environment. We don't know what this core even needs. We can make predictions. We can make assumptions, but we can't know because this team has played zero minutes together. Zero. This team has played zero minutes together in a playoff series or even a preseason game. No matter the spectrum that you want to put on it, this team is still, you know, two and a half weeks away from playing in a preseason game together. So whenever you look at making a big trade, it's just a 
conversation, not for this year. I think that this year will maybe see a trade deadline move and likely will see a trade deadline move of them trading for a nice, a nice veteran, an Alec Burks type of veteran. Good player, but not a, not a star and not something that you would consider overly significant, but you have such a surplus of second round picks that you can figure out a way to go get a player like that from a team who is not contending for a play in tournament spot or a playoff spot. Just to kind of show up your rotation. You could see that happen, but you're not going to see some star-studded trade or even a blockbuster trade for this season. Now, in the summertime, it can be reevaluated. And of course, next summer, it can get reevaluated again, the next two summers that, that are upcoming. Because eventually, the time will run out. The windows are never as long as you think that they are. And so, for a small market also, you have to factor in Shea uh, is only under contract through the 26-27 season. And well, as much as he's saying all the right things, as much as you think that the Thunder will be set up to re-sign him to a Supermax contract, at, at the end of the day, in a, in a market like this one, you can only guarantee the years you have under contract right now. And so uh, you're going to want to make a move to to show that that kind of commitment to winning uh, in the next couple of summers. But it's not going to be this season. It's not going to be this year. Frankly, it can't be this year because you just don't know what this team is going to need. And with that patience, it works two ways. Because there's no need to overdo a trade offer even. Look at Portland. They put one of the premier players of this league on the market, and they're dying for any sort of leverage. They have they have none of it. You think if Portland got the offer of one of the core four players on this team and a couple picks that they wouldn't just jump on that right now? They absolutely would. But so would Milwaukee whenever Giannis becomes available. That's why you need patience. That's why you have to just... Let this core decide and determine who they are. Because you're always going to hold the leverage. You're always going to have the best young players. You're always going to have the draft picks to make a move for the next four or five years. So let's see what this team can do. Let's see what this, what this group can accomplish. So I think that SGA is the only true untouchable, but... I don't see the Thunder giving away more than one of the core four pieces in a big trade like that. And honestly, if you if you ask me right now to put money on the line, gun to my head, whatever humongous stakes you want to put on it, will the Thunder ever make a trade for a superstar? I would say no. The Thunder will not trade for a superstar. They will let these, these players develop. They might make some moves on the margin to either tie up the starting five or to or to help their their rotation, but they're never going to go get that superstar. And it's going to be on SGA. It's going to be on Josh Giddy. It's going to be on J-Dub. It's going to be on Chet Holmgren to grow internally, to grow together, and to make this work. And I think that they're up for the challenge on that. So coming up, let's talk about this season ahead for the Thunder and how they are hunting some awards, including Mark, who is the leader for coach of the year right now in terms of the odds. We'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now about a good friends over at Jace Medical. Folks, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during these uncertain and unexpected times, including uh, you at home right now, because that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. 
And it gives you that peace of mind that no matter what happens, no matter what might pop up, uh, you have access to the medication that you need in the case of an emergency. And you're not just sitting there hoping or wondering uh, or worrying. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand and that Jace Medical is simple and it can give you a handle on everything with an online evaluation uh, with a licensed pharmacist and it can deliver it right to your door and ongoing uh, consultations on care can also be provided as well. So do not get caught unprepared. You can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Chase Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout, chasemedical.com. That's Chase Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, I cannot wait to see what this Thunder team is. Media Day is right around the corner. So you have Media Day. You're going to have training camp the next day, and then it's going to be preseason. The first preseason game will be um, on October 9th against the Spurs and possibly Wimbenyama, which would be fun to, to see those two teams go at it, especially if Chet and Victor uh, do play. And so whenever you look at what the season can be, it can be a year where the Thunder finish top six and make the playoffs and uh, possibly even win their first playoff series since Kevin Durant was in Oklahoma City. And that type of excitement, um, that anticipation is why that this season, I think, is the most anticipated season since Kevin Durant, uh, uh, you know, since uh, the OK3 year. This team is going to be fun to follow and fun to watch, and I cannot wait to bring it to you every single day at Lockdown Thunder. Uh, subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from and thundersintentions.com, uh, so you can go there right now. But our friends at FanDuel have a few awards out there and their odds attached to them. Coach of the Year Award, the favorite is Mark Dagnall. He's the favorite to win the award. Uh, Rookie of the Year, Chet Holmgren is runner-up. Let's talk about those two awards today. We've done this on Lockdown NBA, the national show, the last two weeks. So go back and listen to me and Jackson's conversation about these awards. But let's break it down, these two awards. Mark Dagnall winning Coach of the Year. I think that Mark is a good enough coach to win Coach of the Year, and the Thunder could be good enough to warrant him winning Coach of the Year. I think that Coach of the Year is the biggest narrative-driven award that there is because there it's it's hard to quantify, right? It's hard to it's hard to put stats to it. It's hard to um, you know put tangible things to it. It's more so storyline based. Like last year, I think Mark wins Coach of the Year nine times out of ten. But last year, the better storyline was the Kings breaking their playoff drought. If the Kings just had another year where they missed the playoffs, Mark would have been your Coach of the Year. It's why I finished runner-up. But the Kings had that massive drought and they broke it and it was a great story. And so with the Thunder, in order for him to have that storyline, they'd need to at least be a top six team, which is doable, which is extremely doable even for the Thunder. So he can do his job there. But you also, you also have to have no other team leap into the spotlight, barge in and have a a, a newfound storyline themselves. Like at this time last year, last year in September, who would have predicted that the Kings would be a top three seed? But stuff like that happens each year. Who would have predicted this time last year that the Thunder would have been a 41 team and went to the play-in after Chuck got hurt? So you have to be on guard of potential storylines, 
But short of something that we cannot predict right now, I think Mark is rightfully the, the leader in the clubhouse for coach of the year. And I think that he'll win the award unless we see uh, some insane run from a different team. Now, Chet Holmgren, runner-up rookie of the year. I think that this year will be the year that we, for once and for all, determine a few things. Number one, do is, does anyone care about the fact that Chet had a year under his belt at an NBA organization? But more importantly, number two. So the sophomore versus rookie debate that we saw with Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons and them, I think that that gets put to bed this year. Number two, this will also get put to bed this year. Do we care about winning when it comes to rookies? We've seen years where we did care about winning. Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes. We've seen years where we didn't care about winning. J-Dub absolutely impacted winning at a higher clip than Paolo Carroll last year. But Paolo Carroll had a much stronger start to the year. J-Dub had a much stronger close to the year. And Paolo Carroll still wins the award, as well as being the top overall pick over J-Dub being 12, wins the award, um, and J-Dub is runner-up. So the, those two things, I think, will be this will be the final time we kind of should debate them of, of do we care? Because I think that Victor will have the narrative. You're going to have voters who have been telling you that Victor is the best prospect since LeBron, which is right and it's true. Uh, but but at the same time, can you say that? Can you say that he's the best prospect since LeBron and then not give him rookie of the year? Then not give him the award? So that's going to give Paolo a leg up right I mean, uh, Victor a leg up right there to kind of give you that confirmation bias from uh, voters who who want to feed into and, and not kind of look bad, you know, that narrative of he's the best prospect since LeBron. You can't call him that and then he not wins the award. But on the other hand, and the other side of the spectrum, I think not only will Chet Holmgren have the stats because he's going to be spoon-fed opportunities to score from Josh Giddey and SGA. He's going to average over a block and a half, two blocks, over two blocks a game, you know, it can be it can be insane the rim numbers he gets at the, at the rim defensively blocking shots. Like he's going to have that uh, going for him. He's going to have a great season, and the Thunder are going to win. And so, if we circle back to the Mark conversation, if you think that this Thunder team will have another five win improvement you know, to forty five wins, or, or God forbid fifty wins, what a season that would be to go up ten wins after having a sixteen win improvement. What's the on the outside looking in again? Not not us who are in Oklahoma City that that are very uh, dialed into all the niche things that happen here from the outside looking in the difference on this roster is the inclusion of Chet Holmgren. And so that will give him a huge leg up of impacting winning and, and helping the thunder uh, get over the hump. So he'll have a huge inside lane to win the rookie of the year award. But at the end of the day, if I was truly betting on this, I would still bet Victor would win the award. I'd actually stay away. because He has such great odds. You wouldn't want to bet on it, but still I think Victor would win because I think all Victor has to do is roll out of bed meet the requirements of games played and he'll win the award because it, because of the narrative that has that has kind of spawned throughout uh throughout these lists last year about Victor and he's going to play good it's just that Chet's going to play just as good maybe even better and he's going to impact winning so how much does that balance into or, or or factor into this award and if Victor wins it over Chet I think that we can officially say it's kind of just a narrative driven award like the coach of the year is where he was the number one overall pick he was supposed to be really good. He played good. We're going to give it to him. So we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. But 
Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let me know in the comments who you think is the untouchable player on this Thunder roster, how many are there and who are they, and let me know. Will Chet win Rookie of the Year down below? Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one.